Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, and I'll be your host of this podcast. After spending my entire career in the sports sales industry, I wanted the opportunity to give back, to give back to those individuals that want to get in this business, or for those individuals that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. This podcast is presented by General Sports Worldwide and the Clubhouse. GSW is certainly picking up steam in search, recruiting, training, and consulting. The Clubhouse is a career development platform consisting of monthly webinars, in-depth training vault, job board, mentorship platform, blogs, and a focus on mental health. Be sure to sign up for a free membership at theclubhousecareers.com. In addition, thanks for everyone that has supported the book, Hustle Your Way to Success in Sports Sales. For season three, I'm going to have the privilege of sitting down with industry experts to discuss their career path, three key topics that are current in the industry, three hustle hot seat questions, Three pieces of advice, all under 24 minutes. Now on to our guests this week. Many people that look at the sports business want to get into the sports or team operations side of it. I'm excited to have our next guest share his story as he worked on the legal side, agency side, as well as the operations side. I'm excited to have Michael Hugh, Managing Director at General Sports Worldwide. Michael, welcome to the show. Hey, Travis. Good morning. Nice to be with you. Good morning and always pleasure talking to you. And So let's kick it off, Michael. You've had quite... The career. You've spent time on both sides of the player and management relationship. As you were a sports agent, you worked in the legal department of the NFL Players Association, the football operations side for the Detroit Lions and the Jacksonville Jaguars, as well as the commissioner of the United Football League. And so first, what has been your best memory thus far in your career? You know, for me, it's really been a journey because I think every moment builds off some of the earlier moments. I I think when you are in a career that you're passionate about, that you love. It's hard to pick one thing. It's sort of like when I take my kids to Disney as little kids, you know, it's like they'll tell me the seven different rides that were their favorites. And I think that's kind of how my career has been. I've really enjoyed every spot. I think maybe towards the latter part of my career are some of the best moments, but it's only because I've built off maybe mistakes I've made earlier in my career that I think allowed me to do my job better. Certainly when I was commissioner of the UFL, it was an interesting time frame because I had been in every other position, working for a league, working for a team, having been an agent. So I'd seen it from several different vantage points and perches. And then as commissioner, you kind of get a global view of it. And it sort of brought together all of the perspectives at each of those individual jobs that I had. So, but I think it's literally been a journey. Yeah. And and enjoy and enjoy every single moment of it. And so Michael, for you, back to the beginning, you received a degree at Cornell University and then your law degree at the University of Michigan. You were a three-year football and baseball player at Cornell. And so when the time came that professional sports, you know, maybe wasn't in your future from, from a playing perspective, how did your mindset shift? You know, I always thought I was athletic enough to play professionally, but I think I always had the interest in working in the field, but I kind of always came at it from a perspective of an athlete. And I think That's one of the things that has helped me is that I never really had to let go of that concept of being an athlete because you identify yourself that way for so long in your career that it's sort of hard to shift completely. And so I didn't try to do that. I just sort of did my job as an athlete, which I think a lot of people mistakenly try to avoid and shift and put on a new hat and try to wear a new performance that's not consistent of who they are. And I think I tried to spend a lot of time in my career just really understanding the few things that I could do well and just keep doing those things as opposed to 
really trying to be something different or, or something more than I could be. You know, Michael, many of our listeners are our students in, in the collegiate space. Many of them play athlete, athletics right now. What's your advice to them on, hey, whether you shine in the professional sports or not, to focus in on college right now because there is a life after sport? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of advantages through education that you sometimes mistake, you know, because I think we do this sort of valuation proposition for everything we do. I'm taking biology. How's that going to help me in the future? I'm doing this job. How is that going to help me? And so we discount a lot of the things because you can't possibly know what the things are that are going to be in your future where value is going to come. And more times than not, I, I was speaking with Mike McDaniel, the coach of the uh, Dolphins, and he was one of our coaches in in um, the UFL. And at the time he did it, he said, God, it just seemed like a low point. I just left the NFL. Now I'm an assistant coach in the UFL. Can I hit any more rock bottom? And I said, well, you don't have to be that harsh, Mike. But then he said, I look back now and I realized as I was a play caller and I took some perspective, that job was really the linchpin for where I am today in my career. And so I think opportunity comes in a lot of disguises. And I think instead of just always trying to evaluate what the future is going to hold, just absorb and sponge off so many things. And you never know what you're going to really rely on in your future. Absolutely. And you talk about the opportunity. And so post your time at the University of Michigan, you become the GM at the Birmingham Fire of the World League of American Football before then joining the Detroit Lions as the vice president of football operations. So as you think back in the early part of your career, what were some key learnings that you still apply to your everyday? Well, you have to be prepared to make tough decisions. You know, when you terminate somebody whose dream and goal it is to be a professional football player, uh, it's a tough thing to do, especially when you've, you've been somewhat in those shoes yourself in terms of how important sports has been to you. But you learn that to be successful in leadership, you have to embrace the tough decisions. You know, the the ones that, uh, you know, keep you up all night, the better you get at those, the better you're going to do in your career. We, we tend to try to avoid conflict. We tend to try to avoid the dicey situations. But you know, you have to dive headlong into those and, and, and really embrace them because that's how you really get better at things is dealing with the tough issues. And so I think in those positions, even though they were, you know, smaller leagues, they gave you big opportunities and big at bats. And I think that's that's, you know, the learning ground early in your career where you can afford to make mistakes, but don't shy away from, you know, being afraid to fail. Absolutely. And, you know, you talked about that learning ground and being, you know, not being shy away. Uh, you're going to fail. There's going to be some struggles and challenges. And, you know, as you were going through your early part in your career, you know, and after a few years with the Lions and you joined the expansion Jacksonville Jaguars, the senior vice president of football operations and stayed there for eight years. So how is all that experience, especially from your learnings, essentially building a team from scratch? I think, you know, most of my career has been uh, in that mindset. You know, even when you go into a team like the Detroit Lions, it was still a mindset of building a team from scratch. And I think I've always had that uh, sense of, of kind of your own blueprint of how you run an organization. And so, you know, even in an established environment, I treat it sort of like a startup, you know, because I remember when I first got in the league, Paul Tagliabue, who was the commissioner at the time, used to have this saying that if it isn't broke, fix it anyways. And that always stuck with me because we sometimes think that the things that we've done, we can do over again. And, and things that are working, don't touch them, leave them alone. And a lot of times 
those are the areas where you can really, really improve yourself, you know? And so uh, that was just one of the philosophies that I followed is just treat everything like a startup, question everything, ask why you're doing things. And, and a lot of times that really helps lead you to a, to a new direction. Absolutely. And, and as you think about your entire career, Michael, you were, you were then, you know, through the rest of it, you were a sports agent. You worked with, within the legal department, the NFL Players Association. You were then the commissioner of the United Football League. What's your advice to listeners on just becoming very well-rounded in everything they do? I, I think today we have this whole philosophy of specializing. You know, we ask people what they do and they're supposed to give you a one answer uh, response. You know, I do X. And, you know, we even look at in baseball, the utility field, there is a, is a negative, you know, because it doesn't have one good position. But I think in your career, you should try to be a utility fielder. You should try to play a number of positions. I think you should try a lot of different things out and grow your talents in different fields and, and cherry pick parts of them that are going to help you maybe as you settle in a main career. Um, you know, offensive coordinators that work as a defensive coach sometimes are best because they had that experience. Litigators who worked on the criminal law side sometimes become uh, better defenders than uh, having experience on the prosecution side. I was a better lawyer having been on both sides of the Players Association and the Management Council. So I think specializing is can be challenging because it limits you in many ways. It just gives you a, a one-view perspective. And I think the more global you can be in understanding issues and tackling issues, the better off you'll be. Absolutely. Well, you talk about being well-rounded. That's certainly what what you do and what you're currently doing. And I think that that's been the cool part of getting to know you. We work alongside with each other, General Sports Worldwide, and you're involved in a variety of projects, both from team, league, consulting, sports agency, and much more. I know this is a, a tough question, but what does a day-to-day look like for you outside of putting up with me? Yeah, well, you know, that's one of the enjoyable parts, but it is collaboration all day long. You know, I'm a, you know, when I worked in the NFL, I was up every morning at five o'clock and I'm still doing the same thing today. Half the time, there's no reason for me to be up, but it's just the way I've been conditioned over time and sort of getting an early jump on the world. And, and so I still cater to that mindset. And, and then it's just a lot of collaboration. It's working with people and trying to get the best practices that I've learned and add those elements to the things that they're doing. And and I always think that business should be about either innovation or disruption, you know, uh, doing something different than somebody's done, trying to find a way to think outside of the box, uh, trying to, to look at different ways, see things from different vantage points, and then, you know, challenge other people to do the same things. And so, you know, between meetings and, 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 uh, readings and, and collaboration. Those are primarily what I'm doing. And of course, I'm spending some time teaching as well uh, here at Cornell University, where I am uh, right now. Absolutely. And that's what I was going to, the, the next question I was going to ask you, you've always been one, as I've gotten to know you, willing to give back, not only doing this podcast, doing a webinar on the clubhousecareers.com, but also going back to teaching. I know you're a big mentor to many. Why is it so important for you to always give back? You know, uh, it's really just, playing it forward. I had a lot of people that I was fortunate that were mentors in my career and people that stepped up for me. And I know that, but for them, I wouldn't have had the opportunities that I had very mindful of that, you know, not from a perspective of privilege, but just being fortunate enough to have people who were willing to reach out and want to sponsor my career and saw something in me at different stages of my career that made them want to you know, stand out and help me. And I kind of think 
as you do those things, folks will do the same thing as well. So the more I can give people the same experience I have, I think the more they're going to go out and do the same things for other people. And uh, so, you know, it's that that tree of people behind you and underneath you that I think is important. So that's always been a, a, you know, a function of who I am. I always felt like a coach or a teacher in every capacity. And so I think I enjoy that the most. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Michael Hugh, Managing Director of General Sports Worldwide. And Michael, let's get into the three hot topics. So question one, you led the charge for your own sports and entertainment agency, managing names such as Magic Johnson, Oscar De La Hoya, Snoop Dogg, and countless professional athletes. Walk the listeners through what it takes to be successful in that piece of the industry. You know, I think when you're working with A-level talent and you're working in an industry with high-income people, uh, listening is one of the most important things that you can do. And, you know, oftentimes we think that when the bell rings, we're supposed to step right up and have all of the answers. But I think more times than not, people who perform really high at their level have a lot of insight that they can give you that then you can use to lead them in the right way. And being able to listen is not a weakness. Being able to ask questions is not a weakness. Um, You know, I was kind of a negotiating guru at the time and I was representing Snoop Dogg and we were doing a deal and I think we were able to get him a deal for like 1.5 million on something, which at the time was huge. And I was so excited to go tell him, you're not going to believe it. I got 1.5 million. And he said, well, why wouldn't they go to two? And I'm thinking, geez, you don't even understand the <laughs> dynamics of this. But what he did understand was if they're willing to pay 1.5, one day they'll pay two. Maybe we can just pay. And so I went yeah. back and we fought and we got 2 million. And, and that was probably one of the best lessons. And I thought, of all the people, I've been to some of the best Ivy League schools in the country, and maybe some of the best education I got was from Snoop Dogg. Okay? Ew, yeah. And so, you know, listening to people uh, and understanding, you know, where they are really can help you in your leadership. We we often think we got to take the, you know, the chalkboard and then we got to start telling people everything. And I, even as a professor, you know, listening to your students and, and understanding how they're understanding the message and taking away little bits and pieces, I, I think it's really an important tool. And I think it's been one of my best assets is just uh, really understanding people. No, and it's key. It's, you know, I always tell people like you have two ears and one mouth for a reason. You should do twice yeah. as much listening as you do talking. And, you know, Michael, question two, and, and we've talked a little bit about this and probably a little bit of that, that first answer goes into it. I know you're such a big believer in successful people need to have that multiple skill sets. We've talked about being well-rounded. 
So what's your advice to listeners right now on the best way for people to gain multiple different perspectives, regardless of kind of if they're in college, if they're in the business, or if they're looking to make a change? Well, most of the areas where you can improve are probably in those blind spots where you feel like you have weaknesses. And those are great areas. You know, I always talk to people that they say, I really want to do this, but I don't think I'm a really good writer. Or I really do this, but I'm not good speaking in public. Or I'm really good about this, but I'm not good in groups. Well, those are the areas where you got to try because it's sort of like if you're an amateur golfer, if you've got a slice or a hook, it's always going to come out at the worst time. And the same is going to be true in your career at a critical time. Something that you need to write well is going to come back and and stab you in the back and, and backfire. So work on your weaknesses. Don't be afraid uh, to venture off into areas that are a little uncomfortable. We tend to avoid those areas instead of just doubling down on your strengths all the time. But sometimes looking in those areas that you can make some improvement. And once you you take a, a, a try at it, you, you can find you can actually make some improvement. And that's a great way to make you more well-rounded because ultimately it just builds your confidence. And yeah. at the end of the day, that's the number one you know, provider for everything. Yeah. Confidence is certainly contagious. And, you know, I think some of the most successful people I've seen in this, in this industry and in this world are the ones that strive in uncomfortable situations. Yeah, They they find a way to be successful. And finally, question three, you spent a lot of your time, you know, both in, in your career and, and certainly now in that sports agency landscape. And now with those college NIL deals, how has that changed the landscape, you know, from an agency perspective and just in general from that landscape? Well, it changes it and and at least the way a lot of people have think thought about amateur sports and student athletes in a way that, you know, we've always distinguished amateurs is not getting paid and professionals is getting paid. And that line's obviously being blurred now that college players are getting paid. But I do think that if you look at the economics of college sports and the large television packages that the conferences are getting and how quickly there's all there's now free agency among colleges to move to different conferences everyone chasing the dollar. I've always felt that the players shouldn't be at the end, the tail end of that. And uh, they have as obviously as much a part of the success of college sports as anyone. And so for them to be able to share it, I think is important. I think in doing so, we have to have some parameters and some regulations like we do in any industry. But I think that the players have deserved the right to be compensated in some capacity without dramatically changing the concept of student athlete. To me, a student athlete means you're participating in college, earning your degree, hopefully, uh, and playing the sport, whether you get paid or not. I think the fact that they're still in school still meets the measure of what a college athlete is. Absolutely. Well, Michael, what a great career. And as you think back, and we've talked a lot about some of the the high-profile people you've worked with alongside and, and for, what are some of the key characteristics that always stand out in some of the most successful people? You know, I don't think you'll ever meet someone that's been successful that wouldn't self-identify themselves as a hard worker. And, you know, there's levels of that. You know, like everyone says, well, I work hard. Well, you know, hard workers are doing things when they're home. Hard workers are doing things on the weekends. Hard workers are working on the holidays. I'm not saying you can't enjoy your life and that you can't have a, a commitment outside of it, but it's not a light switch that you turn on and off. And I think that there's a certain level of commitment that really successful people have. Um, and, and then the other thing is that we talked a little bit about is, you know, most people that I know that have been very successful have failed two or three times along the way. And we spend so much time fearful of having a, a situation not go exactly as we wanted it to, that 
we're often afraid to, to, to try until we've already over-evaluated the likelihood of success. I remember uh, reading a book by uh, General Colin Powell, and he said in the military, he makes a decision and goes and sends troops into battle when he's got 70% of the information. And I thought, gosh, that's a little risky. But the point is that the, in the battlefield decision, you don't get to 100% or the situation's already passed you by. Yep. But you have to use your best instincts, and there's always a level of risk associated with it. And so you can't be afraid of risk. And I think that's the other characteristic of really successful people. Love it. Great advice, Michael. And, and certainly fun to hear about your journey. To close it out, I'd like to put our guests on the hustle hot seat. So you ready for this? Ready. All right. If you could have any actor play your life in a movie, who would it be? Denzel Washington. What's a clothing style trend that you would love to bring back? Uh, 80s weren't bad. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. If you had a boat, what would you name it? Um, Destiny. To close it out, Michael, what are three key takeaways you'd give every listener to be in your shoes one day? Work hard. Don't be afraid to fail and listen and collaborate with other people. I love it. You know, Michael's ton of great advice. You've had such a great career. It's always a pleasure talking to you. I appreciate your time, your expertise and our friendship. Great. Nice. Myself as well, Travis. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.